Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A A podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love Love at at First first Listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening to the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday, 3 to 6 Eastern, 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com. Or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. What up? The Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. All right, here's what we're going to do. Okay, two-year anniversary of the odd couple. And I like those guys, Broussard and Rob Parker. I do. Um, but I heard a clip from them and Broussard. Now we know it's a money grab. Like, <clears throat> they did the thing that I despise is that, look, not everything that makes money is about the money. Not ever because they're still going to lose a bunch of money. Not every bad interaction between races is about racism. Matter of fact, most things in college are not actually about the money. And most interactions between black and white people are not about racism. It does exist, and things are at times about the money. But like now we know. Bruce Feldman will join us in a moment. Like you're making making assumptions which are just wrong. 
They're just wrong. They're based upon no factual basis at all. Uh, they're a school employee. No, they're not. If they were, they'd have to pay taxes on everything. They could be fired. There would not be a limit on the number of hours in which they could participate in a sport. Please stop with this stupid arguments that have no basis of fact. None. The parents wanted them to play. Like we do this stupid thing where we buy into, there's a couple of guys that are very smart and like, look, they, some of them played Ramogi Huma. He played. He's like, man, we got a union. Like what, if you unionized, what would you want to accomplish? Right. Because just so you know, what unions do is they protect everybody, not just the, the top. It actually, a union would be, by my estimation, the worst possible thing to happen to the student athlete. Because somebody would have to pay the leaders of the union. You would be employed, which would cut the benefits, tax, change the entire tax system, right? The tax shelter that college sports operates under. But more than anything, it protects the rank and file. Like this is the lesson we've learned from the NFL. It's like why they get the why do they get these deals done, which can or even the NBA, which makes LeBron James have a salary cap, right? Because there's no amount of money you could pay LeBron James that is really enough in terms of what he does to the value of your franchise, right? But there's a cap. Why do they agree to it? Because they want to protect the bottom, which is more than more of the union members. And the scholarship system now works for everybody and it benefits most 99% of the guys and the other 1%, they benefit when they leave and they go to the pros. Like it's, it's a dumb argument, but the argument that they're coming back to play all because the money grabs like by who, right? By who they had all of the benefits. They were basically getting paid to just practice some of them and not practice others. Whatever compensation you get, which is a scholarship room board, cost of attendance, in addition to Pell Grant, if your family doesn't make uh, below a certain threshold, uh, above a certain threshold, like all of that, they were getting all the, they were basically not working and being paid, being compensated for it. You can tell me you don't think that they're compensated enough, but student athletes are absolutely compensated. And here's the thing. The Big Ten was doing the exact opposite of what people claim that college sports is about. Like, hey, let's just protect the guy, protect them from themselves. We don't want to get sued. If, if we lose a bunch of money, we don't play a year. It won't kill us. Let's just bite the bullet. It's going to kill all local businesses that depend on football games, you know, but let's just do it. Cause it's the right thing to do. They did it. And what happened? They got criticized by the very people they're trying to protect. So will college, will college athletics survive the pandemic by still playing and getting TV revenue? Absolutely. Absolutely. And by the way, if you want to tell me each one of these players has value, the ones that opted out aren't playing. It will not change the ratings one bit. Not a single. There will not be any sort of movement on it. None. And it doesn't mean that they're not talented players. But nobody knows who they are. You're simply watching because the logos inside their helmet. If Michigan decided to play football and said, hey, those guys don't all want to play. Let's go and get walk-ons. They would, they, it might rate slightly lower. It's still right. They play Ohio state in football. People will watch. Why? It's Michigan, Ohio state. So just people have this, the big tens come back because it's a money grab. Will it help the athletic departments? It's always part of the equation, but it is not by my estimation is not the, the impetus of it. 
You have parents of very talented players threatening lawsuits. Heck, um, the McCaffrey's, Dylan McCaffrey's parents protested for Michigan to have football season. And then when they get the football season, he opted out and he's going to transfer. Like, just because we think kids should be playing football. It's good for their mental health. It's good for their promotion. (laughs) It's never just one thing. But I, I promise you that the number one reason they're coming back to play isn't money. Is it a factor? Sure. But it's the same reason that you want college kids on campus. Colleges make money. On athletes and on students. Right? The, the big killer in this whole thing, sorry for the word kill, the big financial, uh, the, the one that's the financial drain is regular students who didn't show up who are taking classes online because they don't get the money from room board and all the money, all the other money they spend while being college students. That's the lifeblood, not just of a university, but of a college town. So we're, we're making arguments that we just assume we know the answer to, and it's always the worst possible answer. Bruce Feldman joins us. He is a super talented writer. He, uh, he wrote a new book. It's called flip the script lessons learned on the road to a championship. It's uh, Ed Orgeron's, First book after winning a national championship with LSU. Bruce, why do you think the Big Ten changed their minds? That's a heavy question. I think there's a lot of reasons. I think ultimately, look, they looked around and saw other schools playing and other conferences playing. I think that they, I do buy that the medical information uh, changed from where they were in early August. Um, From what I was told in our reporting that, they felt like they had a better handle on the myocarditis, the heart issue stuff, because at the time there were certain schools that didn't have the protocols in place to, to, to deal with it. And that was a concern for them. I think getting testing, daily testing lined up and that it being there, I think that was a big deal for them. So, you know, I think all those issues, but certainly I think money is a big deal too here. They were, you're talking about lots of schools lo- losing potentially t- uh, tons of money for this. Yes. Um, I don't think it's just one reason, but I think there's lots of reasons. But certainly that is, that is a big, big part of it. And, you know, there's no guarantees that this season, as it's outlined now by the Big Ten, is going is to go off smoothly. I mean, you know, we haven't had – we've got a bunch of cancellations already and a bunch of postponements. So, like, hopefully – uh, with these added safety protocols and the things they have outlined are much are are much further along or much further in depth than what we've seen from other leagues. So hopefully this is going to work out. Uh, Bruce Feldman joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. How hard will it be to those pro- for those programs to get up and running? For the Big Ten, I think it's you know look, I, a lot of them have been, already been kind of ramping up, and I think that depending on who you talk to, some have been ramping up a lot more than others already in this process. But I don't think that will be the issue. I think the key part to this is going to be getting the testing lined up and going from there. And then also, I think this is a big key, Doug, is when the season happens, I mean, because you definitely have a bunch of campuses that have had outbreaks on them. I'm talking about the regular students, especially, and around those college towns that, your team plays a game. They win a big game. They win a game on Saturday. Normally, you know, you let your guard down, you celebrate, you hang out with your buddies, whatever. 
Um, you can't really do that now because if you do, you're going to have the risk of bringing that, you know, the COVID into the football facility. And then there's positive tests, there's quarantines. Look at, look at how their, their rules are set up. You're talking about potentially guys being away for three weeks plus from that. So I think those are the real challenges of what happens when you let your guard down. What happens if a team gets out to a really bad start and goes 0-2 or 1-2 or whatnot? Do they all of a sudden have some players who go, you know what, this is not, I can't deal with this right now, and do they let their guard down? Be interesting. Uh, Bruce Feldman joining us in the Doug Gottlieb Show. Of course, he covers uh, college football for The Athletic and for Fox Sports. He'll be on the sideline of so many of these big games. All right, so Big Ten's in. When's the Pac-12 getting in? That's a great question right now. I just did a big story on The Athletic this morning that went up a couple hours ago, and really what it was about was talking to the actual coaches who are in the middle of this, and their reality is a very different reality than what the Big Ten is dealing with. I mean, I encourage people to go look at the story because the quotes in this from some of these coaches are eye-popping about just how far some of them, it's not all of them, but it's a lot of them, it's more than two or three, are so far away from feeling like their teams are anywhere near being ready for football shape right now. Because when you look at what, what it's, it's one thing to be in cardio shape as a regular person. It's another thing to be in football shape. And optimistically, I think, and I'm talking about very optimistically from talking to some of these coaches, maybe they could be ready the middle of November if it came to that. Um, the idea that they're going to be on the Big Ten's calendar from the guys I talked to, and it was a bunch of them, did not think that that was did not think that, that was viable at all. And again, um, I mean, I'm going to read you a quote here from one of the coaches. I don't want to hear health and wellness out of anybody's mouth. And this is a coach who who said they had six injuries in one day after a mild training camp late in the summer. He's like the We Are United players. They have a bleeping point. It's not bleeping ping pong. You don't just open the garage door and go play. And he talked about the depths of how the Big Ten took one plan and the Pac-12 went in the complete opposite direction. They kept going like it was still training camp. They kept the same schedule like they were going to play. We didn't. Half our schools couldn't. And then went into the depths of why the Pac-12 has kind of been so dysfunctional in this process. And it's pretty eye-opening stuff. Wow. Um, All all that said, um, the Big 12 did decide to play, with the exception, apparently, of the state of Kansas and Iowa State, uh, any regrets from those schools for deciding to let's go? I mean, well, Kansas State lost to Arkansas State, who didn't bring half their team. Yeah, I mean, some of those losses. So uh, Arkansas State's a pretty good team in terms of they have pretty good players, especially on offense. Louisiana's a really good team, really good quarterback, good defense. I, I mean, they shut down Rock Purdy in a really good Iowa State offense. The one that was kind of like a real, whoa, this is bad look is – Coastal Carolina pummeling Les Miles' uh, Kansas team on Saturday night. I mean, to be down 28 to nothing uh, against Coastal Carolina, no knock on them, but Les has been there just a little over one full season. He's already lost to Coastal Carolina twice. I mean, that's not doing the Big 12 any favors, but it's certainly not doing him any favors. Yeah, no, it's, it's bad. On the other hand, there's Texas, there's Oklahoma. We'll see Oklahoma State this week. Like, that league is weird because the top seems really good and the bottom seems really bad. Yeah, I think that the real challenge is going to be how much better are the defenses here? 
Like, I like Sam Ellinger a lot. I heard great things about Spencer Rattler, the new quarterback at Oklahoma. Uh, they have pretty good skill talent. I think the, both teams have really good offensive lines. You know, their defense is getting better at Oklahoma. They do not have enough guys, right? And you and I were both at Bedlam last year. Last, I think it was late November. Yeah. And Oklahoma has, Oklahoma State has some good firepower, but they have to, you know, take it up a big step. So, you know, it's one thing to be a top 20 team, especially now when there's less teams to, to become top 20. It's another thing for them to really elevate on the defensive side of the ball to be legit, can win a game in the playoff place and we'll see if the big 12 can get somebody there yeah it's, it's interesting because now you know when we talk last you're like well look i can guarantee you who's getting in the playoff but now you got the big 10 so how hard is it for the big 10 though to have i guess ohio state's their hope right did to have an undefeated team or a one loss team considering they won't have the benefit of playing anybody who's any 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 run any lead up games any sisters of the poor if you will yeah, but I think that league is strong enough. I mean, Penn State's very talented. Michigan has a bunch of players. Wisconsin, we saw Minnesota good. I don't think that's an issue of just it's Ohio State and everybody else. I mean, they're super talented, but there's other really legit top 15 programs in in the Big Ten. I think what what's going to be interesting with them, Doug, and I talked to Bob Bowlesby, the Big 12 commissioner, a couple of days ago about how could this work with the CFP. And, you know, they're going to have likely less games than everybody else. And I say likely because who knows if there's going to be derailments. You know, the SEC hasn't played a game yet. So, you know, we'll see how this is going to work. But he said, you know, who's to say that even though they're starting in late October, that they won't also have some of these hiccups that other people are already having. So um, it's going to be an interesting bumpy ride, I suspect, to get to the end of the, you know, the end of the CFP. Bruce, great stuff as always. Uh, uh, I should point out we do have games this upcoming weekend, right? We're so we're so focused. I hear those little cute voices in the background, by the way. <laughs> Sorry uh, about that. No, no worries. No worries. It's awesome. Um, we're, we're so focused on the future that we haven't. We we're not even realizing there's some games this weekend. We saw Notre Dame. Now they get a chance. It's kind of bumpy, right? But that's a team that could be in the college football playoff. What are your impressions of the Irish one one weekend? Uh. It was a week, you know, like I, I expect them to be really good. I, I thought they were a little bit sluggish, which is, you know, this stuff's going to be understandable, Doug. I mean, we had a really weird off season to say the least, and they have a new offensive coordinator. You know, I, I do like Ian Book. I think he's really solid, and I think they added some speed and, you know, skill positions. I, I think they're the second best team in the ACC, but I think there's a big drop between, you know, Clemson to them. But I do think they're, they're, they're good. Um, I'm not sure we'll find out much more about him when they play USF, other than it's a you know kind of a homecoming for Charlie Weiss Jr. there. But I think they're good. But I, I want to you know they they didn't look great against Duke, but again I, I think you're going to see that from teams where they play somebody you're like oh they should blow them out. You just don't know you know you got guys in quarantine potentially. You just got a lot of disjointed stuff, and I think we're going to see a lot of that. Not not to say just from Notre Dame, but I think we're going to see a lot from a lot of quote unquote good teams. Bruce, great stuff, man. Take care of those kiddos. I uh, look forward to seeing you on the TV side. And, uh, of course, uh, pick up this book. It's called Flip the Script, Lessons Learned on the Road to a Championship. Give me one thing that somebody's going to learn about uh, Ed Orgeron from last season that they wouldn't have known. Uh, that he's an innovator in terms of how he gets the team prepared for Saturday. We think of innovators as Lincoln Riley, X and O's guy. Orgeron was an innovator, has been, in how he runs the team in terms of you know, not going to have a bunch of staff meetings, not going to have a team waiting at the stadium for three hours. I mean, 
I think coaches will be really into seeing how he's learned to make really adjustments that other coaches like, well, we always did it that way. He's not doing that. And so I think in terms of how he manages it and how he gets the team ready for Saturday, I mean, look at that team last year. They didn't have one game where they were off. Every week they were on point. And no matter how talented teams are, they usually have some clunker or two along the way, and maybe they, they skate by. His team was at its best all the time, and I think that was partly how he kind of created the dynamic around them. Awesome stuff, Bruce. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks, Doug. Bruce Feldman, that book is called Flip the Script. Flip the Script. Getting you ready for Browns and Bengals tonight. We'll do so next. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Let's go to Vegas! What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and challenge all-star. And speaking of all-stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of Challenge Champion. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast. To start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl level scandals. 
Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. My money right. Are you tired of losing money every week? Yeah, boy. Do you want to be in the know? How about new? Well, we might not know, but Vegas always knows. Vegas! Bring out the bottles! Let's take it to Vegas. I mean, don't you want to go? All right, we're going to have to mentally, emotionally go there. Our guy, Steve Fezzik, who's, of course, a professional sports better, has his own website, stevefezzik.com. You can hear him on Straight Out of Vegas, the show that follows ours on most of these Fox Sports radio stations. Uh, Fezzik, let's start with tonight, the Battle of Ohio. I saw a couple tweets, are we being punished? Help us from our punishment um, what's the line? What's the over-under as of right now? So the Bengals are a six-point underdog at Cleveland. Total 44 and a half. And I got to tell you, Doug, I don't want any part of either of the Ohio teams right now. <laughs> Boy, Burrow, rough start. Had a QBR of 20, so 50 is about average in the NFL. Really struggled over three receivers. And now a rookie quarterback on a short week in a COVID year where he didn't have many practices. I want to bet against these Bengals. Doug, I just can't do it with the Browns and as bad as they looked on Sunday with a brand-new coaching staff. How how do you take into account, though, that they were a brand-new coaching staff they're going against the Ravens team, which is a Super Bowl-caliber team, right? Like, there's a a lot that go Like, level of competition seems to mean a lot to me. Does that that change at all in terms of your thoughts on on the Browns? It's a little more forgivable, and maybe the Browns can turn this around. You know, one thing, week one, it's always easy after the fact continuity was king. So if you just did nothing but bet against brand new coaches, you won. Brand new quarterbacks, you won. So only one of them won uh, Cam Newton. Only one of the brand new coaches, Rivera, won. And if you bet against teams that had big turnover and their offensive line, by example, look at the Jets, look at Miami and how poorly those offenses did. Continuity, I think, is going to be important throughout the month of September. All right, let's get to... uh... Let's get to Sunday's games. I want to start with the Chargers and the Chiefs, only that, look, it's an eight-and-a-half-point line, and I like the Chargers, like their defense, but their offense was abysmal, and now they've lost Pouncey for the year. You combine Pouncey for the year, Tyrod Taylor looked just like Tyrod Taylor always looks, right? Congratulations, he doesn't turn it over. It's because he doesn't do much of anything. And their defense, they lose a, a linebacker for the year to injury. You already are down your best player in Derwin James. But again, it's a big number, but it's not like the Chargers have any sort of home field advantage normally, and they have none now. What are your thoughts, Chiefs? Chargers, eight and a half. Uh, eight and a half is the line. 
I'm passing on this game, but with the current injuries, if I had to lean, I'd still lean Kansas City. This is the rare case where you have a Super Bowl champion that has been undervalued. Amazingly, if you bet Kansas City their last 10 games, you're 10-0 and on your bets. And why is that? Because the first half of the year, the Kansas City defense wasn't very good last year under new D.C. Spagnola. The D got better, and then once Mahomes, who had two injuries the first half of the year, once he came back at 100%, everything is clicking for Kansas City. That team is dangerous. Super Bowl, favored to win the Super Bowl again this year, number one choice. And he added Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, gives them the running game, something they haven't had since they got rid of Kareem Hunt a year and a half ago. Green Bay looked great, but they took on the Vikings, who are just okay. Now Detroit... This is a hard one, right? Detroit's one of the teams. They had a big lead, then kind of fell asleep at the wheel, had a big turnover, then a drop in the end zone. Otherwise, they still survive and win in game one. Packers are a six-point favorite at home against their divisional rival in an early game. Weather, not an issue. Um, Over-under, as of now, is 49-and-a-half. What do you like? I did like Detroit, but there's just too many injuries in the secondary for Detroit. And that, frankly, that's why they lost that game against the Bears is they were down three cornerbacks and they couldn't stop Mitchell Trubisky in the second half. If you can't stop Mitchell Trubisky... Right. What are you going to do with Aaron Rodgers? Oh my goodness, did Rodgers look good. I am not a Rodgers fan and he's had some subpar stats the last two years, Doug, but he played a great game against Minnesota. Atlanta taking on Dallas. Cowboys, kind of a stinker. Don't Can't convert on... on uh, on third down against the Rams, but they've been great against bad teams. I guess the question is, Atlanta a good team or a bad team? If they're a bad team, Dallas is going to run all over them. They're a good team, they're in trouble. Four and a half and uh, 53 is the over-under. Yeah, all the money on the over. You know, Atlanta's a good team offensively. That defense was much better the second half of the year when Raheem Morris took over play calling, and it sure got shredded by Russell Wilson. I tell you, Dallas, the injuries are really starting to mount with Van Der Esch, their linebacker out, his backup Sean Lee is out, and O-line issues as well. Wise guys did bet Atlanta early in the week. I don't disagree with it. Uh, Minnesota? Looked eh, but their offense did look pretty good. Uh, they they took the you know after the first half when Cousins only threw the ball five times, started throw the ball downfield. Taking on Indy, stop me if you heard this before, but Philip Rivers big turnover in a close game and they lose in Indy. Three point favorites are the Colts. Who do you like? Yeah, I like the Vikings in this game. This is all about anti Philip Rivers, who I think has lost his fastball. He's certainly not to be trusted in a close game where he struggled again against Jacksonville, of all people. It's all about Philip Rivers being overrated and overpaid. I'll uh, put my faith in Mike Zimmer, who has been a Vegas darling. You bet blindly on Mike Zimmer, you cash 62% over his career. San Francisco taking on the Jets. San Francisco's got a bunch of injuries. Jets looked horrible. I mean, horrible in Buffalo. They return home. They're seven-point dogs. Any reason to like a home dog here? There is, and I did bet the Jets. I like the Jets, and I like the under, and this is all about the mismatch advantage the Jets' defense have. The Jets do very little well, but one thing that their defense excels at is stopping the run, and frankly, San Francisco doesn't have any weapons anymore for them to go ahead and move the ball through the air. They've got uh, Kittle is questionable to play. They're down their top two wide receivers. So that awesome San Francisco run game will be held in check. I don't see how San Francisco is going to celebrate um, to, to um, go ahead and pull away. And because of that, I'm on the Jets plus the seven. Steve Fezzik, SteveFezzik.com is his website. Of course, follow him on Twitter or listen to him on Straight Out of Vegas, the show that follows ours, getting you ready for all the picks for this weekend. He joins us in the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Buffalo and Miami. Miami looked atrocious. You 
point out. Put together a new team, plus you play New England against a new style of Patriot. Buffalo looked like Buffalo, right? Like Josh Allen, inaccurate, but really good athlete. And they handled the Jets, then hold off a late charge. But on the road, in Miami, in the heat, but it's supposed to rain. What do you think? I will look towards Buffalo, and I think you nailed it. That this, this Buffalo team is very complete. They got three good wide receivers now. And with Diggs and Beasley and making plays and Josh Allen, if he was just average at accuracy, this would be a Super Bowl contender. But uh, Josh Allen certainly had the wheels. Misleading final against the Jets could have gotten even worse for the Jets if Josh Allen had just been better in the red zone. Only three of eight touchdowns for the Bills. The Bills are loaded. I could only look at the Bills. Uh, Rams, who are 1-0, going to Philadelphia, take on the Eagles, who had a big lead and then could not protect, and Carson Wentz made bad decisions. It's a pick'em game. Who do you like? You know, I lean to the Eagles. RJ and I had a uh, spirited discussion about this game because all summer long I'm talking about how I want to bet against the Eagles. I bet the Eagles under nine and a half wins. They were down two linemen, and then two more went down. But the bottom line is there's been a big adjustment in this line. Last week you could bet this game, and the Eagles were laying three and a half, and now the game is pick them because of all those Philly injuries. Philly's certainly not going to be as injured as they were last week. And the Rams, nice quality win on Sunday night. A little bit of a short week for them to play this week. I can see Philly bouncing back. All right, Denver taking on Pittsburgh. Speaking of RJ, we know he loves he loves to loves to love or loves to hate on, on the Steelers. Taking on the Denver Broncos, who won, but short week, inexperienced quarterback. Actually, they lost, I'm sorry. Uh, short week, inexperienced quarterback uh, on the road. I like Pittsburgh. You? Yeah, I like Pittsburgh as well. And this is one of the worst spots I think I've seen for a team. So Denver is playing with the altitude advantage. They're playing at a very late start time on Monday night and getting pounded by Derrick Henry throughout the whole second half. And now they got to turn around, short week, with lots of injuries, and they have to go to Pittsburgh. I think this one gets ugly. I like Pittsburgh. Carolina and Tampa Bay. Um, we'll see how Tom Brady reacts to a little bit of a little, little bit of a call out by by his head coach. Carolina could have beaten the Raiders. I mean, they came came back and at least, you know, I don't love some of the coaching decisions, but they were competitive in their first game. Carolina Tampa, Tampa's an eight and a half point favorite at 0 and 1. I want no part of Carolina, arguably the team with the least amount of continuity in the NFL, brand new coaching staff, brand new quarterback and brand new starters all across that defense. However, I am a Tom Brady hater this year, Doug. I've been talking about the decline of Tom Brady. He was an average quarterback last year, and I project him to be a below-average quarterback, and that's what I saw in Week 1, so I'll pass the game. Jacksonville, Tennessee. Speaking of expatriates, Stephen Guskowski, right? As soon as, you, as soon as you leave New England, you lose all your superpowers. <laughs> but somehow Jacksonville and Tennessee are both 1-0, and and they take on each other in Nashville. Who do you like? I'm going to pass this one. I know RJ likes Jacksonville, and he has a good point to like it. We all thought if there ever there was a team that was going to tank this year, it was Jacksonville, and they had the effort level. Absolutely. They played very well. The stash went 19 for 20, so Minshew um, dinked and dunked and moved the ball down the field. Bottom line is Tennessee, they also had to play that late game on Monday night on a short week. If you had to bet it, I'd bet Jacksonville. Uh, all right, Giants-Bears. Bears are five-and-a-half-point favorites on some late Mitch magic. Does that Mitch magic return to Soldier Field? 
You know, Vegas does not like Mitchell Trubisky. As soon as he was announced the starter, the line last week, money came in on the Lions, and the Lions probably should have gotten there. Lions didn't lose that game, not just once, but twice. So Mitchell Trubisky, not to be trusted in Vegas. If you had to play this, I'd look towards the Giants. Okay, you look towards towards the Giants. Steve Fezzik, join us, stevefezzik.com. Of course, the radio show is straight out of Vegas. You can hear him on, on daily. Uh Arizona, a come-from-behind win against the Niners. A lot of people like Arizona. Washington, who I deemed at the end of the first half to be the worst team in the NFL. Of course, they shot me up and come back and, and win the game against Philadelphia. Still don't love Washington, but they're seven-point dogs in Arizona. Can they cover? I bet Arizona in this yep. game, and it's all about, I think Washington's a fraud. The narrative was that Washington D-line is so good, they're going to carry this team all year long, and I think it was a mismatch edge, and frankly, when the fourth lineman got cramps for Philly and had to leave, there was no one left to block, so of course Washington looked good. They didn't have one touchdown drive that was 50 yards against the Eagles, and I really like this Arizona team. I laid it with Arizona. Baltimore-Houston, matchup of two talented young quarterbacks. Houston, a seven-point home dog. Boy, is Baltimore good. How good? 11-1 and one against the spread. If you've been betting them in the regular season with an against-the-spread margin of 15 points. Unheard of blowout after blowout after blowout. And Baltimore blew out Houston last year. Now, the spot's good for Houston because they've got 10 days to prepare, and they may be able to stay in the game because they can game plan now for Baltimore for an extra three days. I wanted to bet Houston because of that, but uh, Baltimore's just too good. I pass. All right, Pats, Seattle. Uh, Pats, you know, run the football. They don't really, don't, don't really show us whether or not they can throw the football. They're four point dogs against Seattle who look great, great on the road in Atlanta. I like Seattle. What about you? I lean Seattle. I just can't do it because home of the 12th man, the biggest home field advantage in Vegas because of the crowd noise, which they're not going to have. So they don't have nearly as big of a home field in this game. But one thing I love about Seattle this year. The knock on Seattle and Vegas hates the play calling. Too conservative. Historically, Seattle runs the ball almost half the time. And we saw Russell Wilson wing it last Sunday, threw the ball almost two-thirds of the time, four touchdowns. Even with the lead, they kept throwing the ball. That's what we want to see out of Russell Wilson and Seattle. And with two really good wide receivers, Seattle is a bet-on team. But in this case, I can't lay more than three against the genius. I'll pass. Uh, bad in, uh, th- uh, thanks so much, uh, Steve Fezzik. SteveFezzik.com. Straight Out of Vegas is the radio show. It follows ours. Fezzik, I love your work, and I love you more that you joined us now. Thanks for being our guest on Fox Sports Radio. Oh, thank you for having me on. I'm humbled. All right, that's a professional better and contributor to Straight Out of Vegas, Steve Fezzik. Bad injury news for a Super Bowl contender. I'll share with you next. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast. Network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser podcast to start listening. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six time finalist. And 
and a challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and challenge all-star. And speaking of all-stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape. You can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up as well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James! LeBron James! And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Press. Ah, the Angels are up 6-1. to Huh? Huh? Not out of the playoffs yet, are we? We're out of the playoffs. I can tell you Arizona's out. <laughs> uh, what do you got there? Isaac Lohenkron? 
Doug, we've got the National Football League. The National Football League. I'm glad you didn't do the cheesy. The National Football League. That's right. Despite the fact that I frequently am cheesy. This was a limited example where I'm not. Season 101 continuing tonight, and then on Sunday it'll be Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers hosting the Carolina Panthers, but some problems with their receivers. Mike Evans played 65 snaps last week despite a hamstring issue, but was listed as limited in practice today. Their other star receiver, Chris Godwin, still in concussion protocol and also did not practice today. Hmm. Uh, I, I thought Terry Bradshaw said it best, right? Like, with no underneath stuff. Like, I didn't I say this all offseason music? That, with a growing injury. That you got you got a coach that likes to throw the ball downfield and a quarterback who likes to check things down and throw crossing routes. In the, like, everybody's talking about the talent they have at, at wide receiver, except Randy Moss. He never threw to wide receivers deep down the field. Right. He threw to Wes Welker, and he threw to... to to uh, Danny Amendola, and he like picked the that's the guys that he and the tight ends. Right. That's not the strength of this team. Julian Edelman who was doing the sure. uh, downfield throwing right. down right. there. J.J. Watt of the Houston Texans limited in practice today because of a hip injury for the it's second in, consecutive in the day. It's all in the hips. Hips don't lie. Hips don't lie. That's right. As a uh, <laughs> good friend and Super Bowl performer Shakira once said. All right, Tom Silverstein of the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. No that relation. Happy, happy, happy New Year. Get it, Super Silverstein. Oh, Super. I, I was going to say no relation to Shell. So uh, Shell yeah. Silverstein, very yeah. nice. All right. <laughs> anyway, he reports the Green Bay Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers said that he didn't always like all the motion that his head coach Matt LaFleur runs, but has grown to appreciate it because of the way defenses have changed. He said with a smile that the amount of motions is part of why he wears a wristband. I thought it was to protect your hands from sweat, but anyway. Uh, no, I th- I think what he's figured out is it help it makes it easier, the reads a little cleaner and clearer, mm-hmm. you know. And I I think that's a look. It it's it's kind of like I said. Everyone thought Aaron Rodgers' new offense was that that he didn't like it at first. It was a bad thing. Like change is good. Transition is hard. Last year was a transition year, and they still went to the NFC Championship game. Exactly. Golf round one of the U.S. Open in the books. Justin Thomas has a one shot lead at five under. Tiger Woods, three over par. (sighs) Rough day at the office. He shot a three over 73 today, including a double bogey six on the par 418th. He is now tied for 71st place. Wow. Mm. That's not good. No, no. It'll be part of our growing Friday tradition of finding out whether he makes the cut or not. In the NBA, Keith Keith Pompey of the Philadelphia Inquirer with a potentially volcanic report, see what I did there, that the Sixers have inquired about the possibility of hiring a president of basketball operations and that one potential candidate is current Houston Rockets general manager, Daryl Morey. Could Mm. it be the process part two? Roger that. Hmm. Um, that's a Daryl Morey would be interesting. Daryl Morey got the vote of confidence yesterday from his <laughs> from his owner, so yeah. he'll be allowed to hire a head coach. I don't yeah. know. That would be interesting to see if Daryl Morey would take that if it fits his personality, because he is a big analytics guy, and I do not believe Ben Simmons would fit with his uh, what what he likes. Right. Uh, Embiid maybe more than you think. I don't know. 
Right? Right. Not saying that... Th- this just brought it up. It's not like I'm trying to start a rumor that uh, they'd bring yeah, him back, but... No. Huh. No. Sam Hinkie, who we last saw on the uh, beautiful, now defunct, tragically series, Game of Zones. Yes. Where is he these days? Is he like in the witness protection program? Yes. Is he like running Hasta a restaurant in a canyon yes. up in Utah? Yes. No, the Vista. Uh, tough racket. He he sleeps with the NBA fishes. <laughs> hey, get out there and press. That was the press. That's, it, that's all you got? All right, tonight we have NBA hoops and NFL football. Uh, let's start with the... Um, let's start with the hoops, shall we? Okay, music. I'm going to give you the line. You tell me what you what you think, big boy. Right? Tell me what you think, and uh, we'll we'll go from there. Um, NBA tonight, the first game. Actually, it's only one game. Miami, Boston. Boston is a two and a half point favorite. Oof. Who do you like? Uh, I will go with the Boston Celtics. Okay, you like Boston. I like Boston and the under. The uh, it's over under is two oh nine. Feels like it's going to be another slugfest. What about yeah. you, there, Ramos? I like the Celtics tonight, bouncing back after that game one loss. All right, what about you, Isaac Lowenkron? Make it a triple, Celtics. We all like the Celtics, which means, of course, the Heat will win going away. And they will, <laughs> they will inevitably hit the cover. He's going to hit the over. <laughs> hit the over. Cincinnati, Cleveland. Cleveland, a six point favorite. Music. Give me the Bengals outright. Whoa, whoa. Go up to the money line and just put a bunch of everything in your empty your pockets and put them in. Ramos, what about you? Give me Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati yeah. Bengals. Wow, wow. Okay, what about you there, Isaac Lowenkron? Bengals behind a bounce back game from Joe Mixon. Hmm. I like the Browns. I like the Browns. You also big. liked the Giants this week, Doug. I did. I like the yeah, I liked him to cover. I didn't like him to win. It was a big spread. <laughs> I like the Browns to win and win pretty big. I do think uh, home teams generally win on a short week. I know it's the same state. It's not that much travel. I also think the Browns, they do return a lot of talent. Baker was bad, but part of the reason Baker was bad was he was under duress. I don't think we'll be under the, under duress. So, do you like him big or big Lee? I like him big Lee. Big Lee. Big Lee. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. MTV's official challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A A podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love Love at First first Listen. Listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.